Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation, and welcome back to the campus of St. Vincent College here on an overcast day in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, we've got you for the next two hours leading up to the Steelers practice, which begins promptly at 1.55 p.m. It is the final week of camp here in Latrobe. We started back on July 26th with player report day. Now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and that's it for training camp 2022 here at St. Vincent College. So four more practices open to the public this week. If you've been trying to get out here this summer, well, you better, uh, you better hop on Route 30 now or hold your peace until next summer. Arthur Motes, what's happening, partner? How we doing on this Monday? Come on, man. I'm feeling good because we already know what today is. It's not a regular Monday. It is what we like to call here a victory Monday. Because, yes, I am celebrating it all the way, man. We had a chance to see real football, real football be played. So, yes, I'm feeling amazing today. I like the enthusiasm. I dig it. I don't know if I'm going to bust out the Victory Monday horn, you know, but uh, but I dig your enthusiasm. I am feeling good as well, too, particularly because we have some real results. We have some real tangible snaps to talk about. Oh, don't course. you downplay it. Nah, stop yourself right now. I'm not buying any of that nonsense. I saw your social media. You are just as excited as I am. Lean into it. Stop the media. Uh, button upness. We know, man. We had an exciting preseason game, something that we, we haven't did. celebrated in years. No, When's that the is last time. When is the last time we've had a chant? Uh, uh, people going nuts in the stands for a preseason game. That's all I'm saying, baby. Come on now, let's give it this just do. No, I completely agree with you on that. I uh, I tell you what, I was the third quarter, the fourth quarter. I mean, really, the entire uh -huh. game was exciting. Normally, by the fourth quarter of preseason games, I'm <laughs> right. falling asleep at my desk, right? So I am 100% with you on that. When have we ever watched the last 10 seconds of a preseason game? The first one at that and jumped up out of our seats. <laughs> like, that's what was going on. So we can't act as if this is a routine thing because it is not routine. So that's what I'm saying. Man, we don't have to do the whole, you know, we got to be professional. Nah, man, we're going to let our real feelings show. Today. Well, I also know, you know, in 2008 when the Detroit Lions went 0-16 and became the first NFL team to go winless, they went 4-0 that preseason. People forget that part, all right? So, you're yeah, but, but, with you on the, the Detroit Lions, but, when, but think about this. When has the Detroit Lions and the Pittsburgh Steelers ever been
been mentioned in the scene, no, Brett, they in haven't, terms of that, expectations. I, you know what I mean with That's that. All. I, I, all that I mean no, is the preseason but, but games. I, I, I don't care what your win-loss record is at the end. <laughs> I do care how it played out, and you're absolutely right. It was. I, listen, I'm not denying this. That was the most exciting preseason game I've ever watched in my life. I'm, I am I am with you there. So, so, But think about this. You just said it was the most exciting preseason game you've yeah, ever watched. Yeah, but that's a pretty low bar, life. to be fair. Isn't but, it? but no, 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 no. But think about how many preseason games you've watched, how many you've covered. Think about that. If this was the one, this is the one. This isn't the first year. This is not even the third year you've been watching preseason games. So this does have some significance, man. No, that's a good point by you. And you know, a lot of our a lot of our co- our cohorts in the uh, Steelers media business, you know, that that we reference here on the show from time to time, and you all know the names, and we talk about how you know they've been covering the Steelers as long as Motsi and I have been alive. Uh, even, Isn't that the truth? <laughs> even even the even the Mike Pursuitas and the Dale Lollies of the world were you know on Saturday night saying, "Hey, I think that was maybe the most exciting preseason game I've ever covered." So I'm with you on that, Motsi. Let's jump right in. Like to this the is specifics a one-off. There. This is such an outlier. It is. No, it really was. It absolutely was. That is a great way to put it. That was an outlier of a preseason. Listen, if all preseason games were like that, they wouldn't have trouble getting rid of the tickets. No question. <laughs> Like, I'm thinking to myself, I said, man, outside of me personally playing in preseason games, I have never been that invested in a preseason game in the fourth quarter with 10 seconds left. Like, that's the atmosphere we've set right now, though. But that's the excitement when you're talking about a major change with this team at the quarterback position, but also just when you're talking about what this team's identity is going to be going forward. It's just a lot that we're taken in for the first time it that's that excitement that I'm really trying to hit on I understand in terms of you know the significance of a win and a loss yeah I'm not gonna blow smoke up your butt for that because <laughs> we know that yeah it's the preseason but that feeling that we've been feeling that feeling is what I've been talking about that specific excitement that energy that is something that is rare for us and that's why I'm like yeah we should acknowledge that at the same time because who knows when we're gonna get this type of feeling again these type of preseasons that matter again Hopefully it's not for a long time. But while we are in it, <laughs> let's go ahead and enjoy it. That's well said by you. I appreciate the optimism and the energy on a uh, overcast <laughs> Monday here on campus. So there is obviously a lot to get to from certainly the quarterbacks that you mentioned there. A lot to do with the offense, uh, some different looks from a new revamped Matt Canada offense. Certainly plenty on defense that we want to discuss so, Motsi, what was your biggest takeaway from Saturday night? We've had some time to digest now, right? It's been about a day and a oh, half. Yeah. Been about a day and a half since uh, since kickoff Saturday night. What's your biggest takeaway here now that uh, that we've had some time to let this all marinate? Man, as a whole, that this team competed from start to finish. It wasn't pretty, but at the same time, they never allowed the adversity to get the best of them. And that's with any quarter we're talking about, with any particular unit, or if we're talking specific players – All of these guys as a team had to handle adversity at various points throughout this game, some more than others. But at the end of the day, the one thing that I loved was how resilient this team was and how they continued to finish whenever they got those opportunities. That would be the first major takeaway that I have from this team and from that game on uh, Saturday. Yeah, you know, I... I'm glad you started there. I thought I thought you were going to go right to something, you know, with the defense specific, or I thought you might want to talk about the QBs. (laughs) But you're right. You... Uh, you could feel that energy, I, I think, and and there's there's been plenty of, of pictures and video been out there too, you know, for people who, who who weren't on the North Shore on Saturday night as well. Um, a lot of the big names didn't play on Saturday, you know, Hayward, Watt, Highsmith didn't play, Minka didn't play, Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, some 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 significant absence there, as as you expect in in preseason games, certainly, uh, particularly the first one usually as well too. Uh, but, man, all those guys who 
weren't playing, they were all in on, on every single snap. They were encouraging the quarterbacks. They were getting hyped up with the defense um, as the as the game went down, even guys who had been taken out of the game. You know, mm-hmm. someone like someone like Miles Jack, right, who played some snaps early in the first quarter and then and then had the rest of the night uh, off. Uh, there was a a real energy. There was an excitement from that team the on engagement, the sidelines. An engagement that was yes. it. that was huge, man. From and that's everyone that we on can't the can't take for granted. No, you absolutely yeah, can't. And uh, that's that that to me, I think you're right. That's exciting, and and that's I think you know a, a coaching staff that had those guys ready to go as well too. No, 100% they did. I mean, you talked about some of the bigger name guys. I even think of it late in the fourth quarter, them uh, panning the camera to Arthur Marlette, you know, and talking about just showing how he's intense. And you think about him, I'm over here like, man, you got to be careful. You motivating the wrong guys in a sense because the guys (laughs) that are in there after you, Arthur, are the guys that are trying to take your job. So, you know, but it was cool to see in that dynamic that, you know, less about the competitive and more about the camaraderie. When you're in stadium, we have to understand that, yes, we compete against each other in training camp. Yes, I want to take your job. I want to be the starting nickel corner. I want to be the starting running back, the starting quarterback, whatever it is. But when we all put on that black and gold and we're in stadium and we have an opposition, well, now all that goes out the window. Now we're brothers. Now we're doing this collectively and we're all going to do whatever it takes to see each other be successful to ultimately get us a victory. And it was just good to see that Arthur Mollett and some of the younger guys and even some of the veteran guys who are in the middle of position battles, that they could still be able to take that step back and understand that, hey, regardless of what takes place Monday through Friday in training camp, regardless of what's going to happen today in practice, when we're out here in stadium together as a team, we are just that, a team. So I was definitely uh, glad to see that as well, man, because that is, is it's a very fine line to walk at times, especially this time of year when the stakes are so high for you individually mm-hmm. because we're talking about your livelihood, whether or not you're going to make the roster or not. We know there's, what, a 15 or was it a, a five-player cut down that's going to be happening tomorrow? Yes. So, yeah, you feel that type of anticipation. You feel that sense of urgency. But – you also have to be able to manage that. You have to be able to think in those processes or be able to process, you know, during that type of situation. And it was just good to see that a lot of those guys were able to handle themselves in a professional manner on Saturday night. Yeah, I agree with you. There was it was it was a it was an impressive atmosphere for being a preseason game. Um, and there was a lot of juice in that building from the Seahawks sideline too. You know what? I got to give them oh, credit. Without a doubt. Give Absolutely. them credit as, as well too, particularly some of the moments um, in that second quarter where it felt like the game was starting to get away from Seattle and the Steelers might, you know, win this one comfortably. And okay, it's a preseason game. You could maybe start to go through the motions, but you know, they, they battled back from an early 14 point deficit. Uh, and, and there was a lot, I mean, Pete Carroll, God bless him. He's like 97 years old and he's still running <laughs> up and down the sideline and he's still jumping around and getting his players all excited and 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 they were uh they they matched that intensity I I felt the Seahawks did and and that's what made for a good game you know you had early impressive drives from the Steelers uh we'll we'll go through all the names and everything right but I mean you have you have Mitch Trubisky hooking up with Gunner for a touchdown on the opening drive took less than three minutes and they went 90 yards really impressive then uh then Mason you know and, and Pickens are able to hook up for the big touchdown then you get the whole second half of Kenny Pickett you get the defense and Mark Robinson making a huge play at the end of the game right to uh to set up the Steelers and Kenny Pickett with a chance, the offense, a chance to go win that thing when we thought Seattle was going to have the chance to potentially, you know, hold the ball down the stretch. Uh, 
you had Steve Sims Jr., who played a big role uh, not only with the jet sweep, but also on special teams with that big return that set up the Mason Rudolph to the George Pickens uh, touchdown. So, yeah, Motsi, uh, the energy, the intensity, the buy-in from everybody – and the complete performance, I think, and not everything was A plus, you know, 4.0 GPA, but a complete performance, offense, defense, special teams all putting their hand in the pile um, to, to earn a, you know, a dramatic last second victory. That's a, that's a galvanizing moment, and I, I, I think that'll translate into practice this afternoon as well, too. All right, now I got to stop you. See, you, you, okay. you're going too far. You, you, oh, you you're go, the one doing the Johnny to, drama victory, but I'm going oh too far. Oh, my gosh. Here you go. Now, I'm going to call you. I got to call you out, Wes. You know why I got to call you out. You giving all this this pomp and circumstance, all this hoopla for one preseason game, and I know why you are doing it. You're not going to confuse me. You're not going to pull the veil over my eyes. Talking about Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky, Steven Sims, Gunnar Oshesky, and all these other guys. I don't want to hear any of that because I know why you're excited. I know why you left out of that stadium with a smile. Because your boy Geno Smith was balling, huh? That's what it was. I knew that's what it was. You had your little West Virginia University socks on. You had your undershirt, West Virginia. You had your Geno Smith uh, compression shorts on. And when he went out there and did what he did, you felt really good about it. So everything after that was going to be icing on the cake. I'm calling you out. I don't, I don't, I don't care what you're talking about. I'm calling you out. <laughs> I didn't think he was that good, honestly. I thought he was, I thought he was just okay at best. I mean, he, he was Geno. Geno was Geno. Come on, man. Geno was Geno. Let, let, let Geno be Geno. You know. He plays. <laughs> yeah, right. Made one or two nice plays. Made one or two really on, bad no. plays. The rest of the time, he could do something with his legs. It's yeah. kind of fool's goal. You know what that is? But it looks hey, at hey, times that at touchdown. Times, it could trick you. That Come touchdown drive at the end of the second quarter was important. You know, put him within a one possession game at halftime. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I had. I, I was like, nope. As soon as someone scratched, I said, Oh yeah, I know Wes over there in the booth right now. Big smile. <laughs> Had to be Go careful. Ears. I mean, you know, first, <laughs> first, uh, first game for me engineering on the on the Steelers radio network. You know, I, I had to be careful there. Certainly. I mean, that's like yeah. the big time, big time right now, man. You're like with the the elites of the elites, man. Now, congrats, man. I hope it was an awesome experience for you. No, I mean, it was awesome in the sense that it went relatively smoothly, and yeah. uh, you know, it was a it was a good first preseason game, and and all those things. Um, I was also a, just a ball of anxiety the entire weekend, like, oh, yeah, worrying I that I was going to take down the entire broadcast as well, too. So <laughs> haven't slept much over the – and went to the Metallica and Greta Van Fleet concert last night. Too. Yes, so yes. Shout I out to really, Metallica being in the building. I yeah. haven't really slept since Thursday, if we're being honest, Motsi, because Friday night I was a ball of anxiety worrying about the broadcast because not only am I engineering the broadcast, I'm also doing halftime and post game. So, you right. know, pretty, pretty full A lot of preparation, uh, plate. man. Yeah. It's, if it was a plate, it'd be a Thanksgiving plate, basically. Is, Ooh, is what okay. I was looking Talk at on Saturday, it. you know, and it's a it's a late night and all those things, and and uh, then then having a, a good time at the show last night. So yeah, you know, haven't really slept since Thursday night, but that's on me to be fair. But yeah, no, it was all hey, good. But that's how you supposed to live, man. Come it on, was, man, you young and getting it in, baby. It was, you know, when you're working when you're working with pros like Billy Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley, that certainly makes everything easier. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, I'm telling you, I, I don't mean this. Like, I'm not just saying this. Uh, I'm not, you know, because we're on Steelers nation radio here, you know, Mr. Rooney's radio station. That was, uh, that was an exciting preseason game. 
And I, I don't know, you know, you and I are, Motsi, we're not young anymore, but we're also not close to being old yet either. Man, I don't I'm know, young. Speak for yourself. It, it, might be a, it might be a long time before we see something <laughs> like that again, uh, certainly in Pittsburgh. I mean, a, a, the, a lot of the guys who have been covering the team for 30-some years, about as long as Motsi and I have been alive, um, they were all saying the same things on Saturday night as well, too. There was energy on the sidelines. There was energy in the stands. Uh, and, you know, credit to Seahawks, too, for reciprocating that as well. Uh, and that made for, again, I think we can all agree, one of the more entertaining preseason games uh, that we've ever seen. Bad news, though. Uh, I've got We've gotten a couple tweets here, Motsi. Of course, you know how it is. The, the, the show after game day, we always get a few dozen tweets. We, at times mm-hmm. during the summer, you know, kind of have to uh, solicit your tweets to, to get them going. Right. I mean, I think already we've gotten a dozen here to start the show just in the first segment. Uh, A couple people tweeting us out of town, Steeler Nation, uh, that the NFL Network took the Steelers game, switched away from the Steelers game in the third quarter. So we've got some some people who who weren't as fortunate to uh, to be as close as we were to all the action and everything. And you that know, that's the NFL, man. They're they trying to get you on that NFL Plus. They're trying to get you. <laughs> they Steelers say, Nation, they know how many you, of you are out but there. But we're going to force you. That's yeah, right. we're not forcing you, but we're forcing you, okay? That's you're going to get this NFL you're, Plus. You know what? You're absolutely right. Like, hey, <laughs> you're if we stop this. showing the Steelers games, there's so many crazy Steelers yep. fans out there. They'll all subscribe to this. Oh, it's six they bucks go, a month get it. seven bucks a month, They'll whatever it is. That's a very good point by you. That's a very astute point by Arthur Muggs. That's the business behind the business. Come on now. I'm going to show you just enough to get you hooked. But then right when it's critical, ah, man, we got to switch this broadcast, baby. (laughs) You do know where to get at us on Twitter now if you want to get involved with the show over the next two hours. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, or reactions, Motsi is back on Twitter now as well, too. Yeah, I believe it. So you can hit us up there at Wesley Euler at The Body 52. The Body. And we will. All right talk about those quarterbacks those three quarterbacks and what we saw on the other side Wesley Euler Arthur Motes you are listening to the Steelers Blitz all part of our ongoing training camp coverage on SNR getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. SNR, it's your 24-7 home of the black and gold, all part, all part of our ongoing training camp coverage. Four more days of practice here this week, and then uh, the team will hit the road Friday to head to Jacksonville for the second preseason game down uh, in Jacksonville on Saturday. Arthur Motes, we are uh, rocking and rolling here, plenty to get to, no time to waste. Is that Willy Wonka? Something like that, right? Something like that, right? Uh, Something like that, yeah. I think, you know, we got a lot of people tweeting us their uh, their biggest takeaways from Saturday night, and we will we will get to those here as the show rolls along. Uh, for me, biggest takeaway, though, was, you know, the thing that we have spent the most time talking about since Ben Roethlisberger's retirement became official, you know, all offseason, um, from the combine to, to the draft uh, to, to minicamp and OTAs and, and training camp and into the preseason is the quarterbacks, obviously. I'm not breaking any news there. 
Um, for me, you know, that was the the biggest question, and and there was there was a lot of them on Saturday night, without a doubt. But but I think everyone, you know, part of what made the anticipation, the excitement in the building so great is because there's you know there's a there's a quarterback competition. There's there's reps going around. They wanted to see Kenny Pickett. They they wanted to see Mitch Trubisky for the first time in the black and gold. To me, Motsi, I left encouraged in that regard um, because you, you saw that right away, again, a 90-play, less than three-minute drive uh, for a touchdown capped off by Mitch Trubisky finding Gunnar Olszewski for the score. Um, Mason Rudolph leading a touchdown drive as well, too, with Pickens. Kenny Pickett coming in in the second half and, and being able to orchestrate that thing and throw two touchdown passes and, and get the win at the end in dramatic fashion. I feel much better sitting here on a Monday afternoon uh, about the Steelers quarterback situation than I did, you know, probably uh, certainly at any point through camp so far. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when you talk about the way that all three of those quarterbacks performed in stadium, it was very encouraging. This is what we wanted to see when we're talking about how do you determine who's going to be the starting quarterback or who's the future franchise quarterback? Well, it's all a part of this natural progression, this natural uh, ramp up period. We saw them initially in OTAs. And we talked about what the hierarchy looked like and just how the guys were performing. Then again, in mini camp and what that dynamic looked like. Then after that, we had the first, what, two weeks of training camp practices only. And we talked about how it was a mixed bag at times, depending on which quarterback you were looking at. But we also had said prior to this game that, hey, man, all these quarterbacks are starting to been putting together good practice after good practice. And we're mm -hmm. starting to really, you know, just get into shape from what we were expecting from them. Well, I thought that Saturday was just an extension of that. I thought all three of those guys came in and did various uh, various things that were very impressive and strong um, in terms of their case supporting them being QB1. I thought that in terms of if you're Coach Tomlin, you're excited because this makes your job tougher in terms of deciding who is QB1, but it's a good problem to have because it's going to continue to push each other and they're going to continue to get the best out of each other. And that only pays dividends for your team, not just in the short term, but in the long run as well. So that was my initial you know, reaction to all three of those guys' performances because they all did very, very positive things in their own context. Yeah, without a doubt. There was, you know, I think um... – I think Kenny Pickett had the best overall performance. I think Mitch Trubisky led the best drive. I think Mason Rudolph had the best throw, you know, singular throw, the, the, the touchdown mm -hmm. completion of George Pickens. So, again, a lot to like there, a lot to be um, encouraged by, certainly. And I think, too, you know, we talked about this or mentioned this, referenced this in the first segment. That was not an offense that was, you know, operating at full capacity last oh, night. Oh, not at all. They, they were missing some <laughs> Not at all. They were missing some significant names. Claypool, uh, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris. Um, I mean, you could even throw Kevin Dotson into that pile, certainly as well, too. And, you know, for me, what was what's encouraging about that is not only was, was, was Mitch and the first team able to go out and still have that drive and hook up with Gunnar Olszewski, but the thing with that, too, and you and I have talked about that out here at practice, um, some of those days, you know, early on when Najee and Pat and Claypool were all out and, and, and Deontay was still going through the contract stuff and the defense was just having their way with, with Mitch Trubisky in the first team offense every single day in seven shots. Like, 
you had to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. And one of the things we talked about, too, is that makes it harder on Mason Rudolph and on Kenny Pickett as well because the receivers that they would normally be getting are now jumping up the depth chart, and they're mm-hmm. going with guys who were lower on the depth chart. So for Mitch to still be able to, to, to lead that drive without a lot of you know the, the most talented weapons he'll have on that offense, um, with, with Kenny and with Mason still able to, you know, with some other guys bumping up in roles, get the thing done there, that to me was, was very good to see a lot. You know, we talk, Motsi, um, you and I, about how, you know, we wanted it to see more of the quarterbacks elevating some of these younger playmakers, you know, out here at some of these practices in Latrobe. I think we saw that on Saturday night, um, certainly from Kenny Pickett as well, too. No, without a doubt. I mean, the elevation was there. Um, when you talk about how they were motivating the guys, we felt the energy with the various quarterbacks. But the thing that, like I said, stood out to me the most when we we're just talking about the quarterback specifically was how each of them handled the various adversity. When you talk about Mitch Trubisky, what was his adversity? Well, he had to be the first quarterback to go out there right after Ben Roethlisberger retiring. I mean, that's the reality of it, seeing him in stadium. So we knew there was going to be expectations with that. We knew there was going to be a certain level of pressure with that. But I thought that he handled it extremely well in terms of executing a scoring drive with all the things and the context that you just broke down. But then as I transitioned to Mason, I was really impressed with him because out of all the quarterbacks, he was the one that got booed as if he was a visiting quarterback when he stepped onto that field. Yeah, And to see him go from being booed to the first play of his clip being a strip sack wasn't on him just bad protection but then what does he do he responds with a dagger of a throw the biggest knock on mason rudolph throughout his time in pittsburgh has been his lack of ability to take shots downfield his um almost seeming apprehensive to stretch the field almost too conservative in certain instances yes well you could not say that about him on saturday night no he doesn't anybody that tries to Anybody that tries to continue with that narrative clearly is just speaking from a place of hateration, which is completely fine, but (laughs) we're just acknowledging it because he took a shot. He had the best throw of the night. That that, that throw in the back of the end zone to George Pickens, we can't speak on the George Pickens highlight without acknowledging that ball placement Mm -hmm. first. And to me, that's what Mason delivered. Also, for the people with this narrative that, hey, man, when the first option isn't there, Mason falls under pressure. Well, that has been his status quo. But we're not going to act like we didn't see him have to use his legs to move the pocket at times on Saturday night. We're not going to act like we didn't see him stand in the pocket and take some shots as well. While going on in, what, three drives leading a touchdown and a field goal? And let's be real, that protection was definitely starting to break down for him towards the end of his time out there. Yes. But to me, I thought that Mason did an awesome job in terms of silencing a lot of the doubters and doing some of the things that we've had the opportunity to see in training camp and even dating back to OTAs and seeing him be able to do that in stadium. I thought that was really impressive. And then, of course, the rookie, Kenny Pickett. I mean, dude, when you talk about expectations, this guy got a standing ovation as soon as he walked on the field. That is a lot to deal with, man. Mm -hmm. We think of it as a positive, but at the same time, you're also feeling that pressure of, I have to perform. You looking in the stands, his teammates are there, college teammates. He has to perform. You feel that energy. You feel that pressure. I speak on it from a similar stance, not directly being that I played in Pittsburgh and, you know, turned around my first NFL game is in Pittsburgh, but I'm from Virginia. My first preseason game, my first ever NFL time was against the Washington Redskins back in Washington. 
that's where all my family is at. So you feel that pressure. You feel the pressure of your college teammates coming up from James Madison an hour and a half away. You feel that urgency. But the way that Kenny handled it, I thought was extremely impressive from start to finish. I thought that Matt Canada also did a good job of protecting him early on with some of the calls and allowing him to just get comfortable. And then after that, we can see why we drafted him 20th overall. We can see why he was a Heisman finalist. We can see why there is such excitement surrounding him because he does have that it factor. And we can see his will to win. You can see that, hey, even in this scenario where it's a preseason game and it really shouldn't matter for anybody out there, but for Kenny, it does. Mm-hmm. Even though his spot isn't, he's not having to worry about his job security this year. He's the 20th overall selection. But that's not how he played. He played as if he had something to prove. And that, to me, man, was super impressive. And that's one of the reasons why I was so high on what he did in, um, in, uh, along with the other two quarterbacks as well on Saturday night, man. I just thought as a whole, they all did really, really impressive things while handling the different adversity that they had to handle. No doubt about that. Mitch Trubisky, the pressure of, you know, getting the first crack at it and wanting to, you know, set a standard there, right? Like um, when you're the first one who who gets to shoot in horse, right, or, or maybe you take the first right. penalty. You're the one who takes the first well, penalty shot. Well, and think about shot. this, Wes. Not just the first guy to go out there replacing Ben Roethlisberger, the first guy to start out the 2020-20 uh, Steelers preseason. Yeah. But we also know that you're battling the fan favorite, yep. Kenny Pickett. Oh, yeah. Mr. Biscuit didn't get a standing ovation chanting his name when he went out there. They didn't, didn't have a standing ovation chanting his former college teammates in the stands. Wes, let's be real. Even when he scored the touchdown, they weren't clapping and chanting, Mitch, Mitch, bitch. No. They were talking about the Steelers. Kenny yeah. scores. It's Kenny, Kenny. So Mitch also had to deal with that. Yeah, he absolutely did. And you know what? It's funny to me. Like, I've seen some people on Twitter who. I think there's like this false narrative going around. And I mean, listen, I know this is partially my fault because that's a lot of what happens on social media in general, right? Mm-hmm. But there's this false narrative going around that like there's all these people rooting against Kenny Pickett's success. And I'm like, where have, what? You, where have you been? Have you been at no, training camp No, if anything, camp it's the exact day? opposite. Exactly. It's the exact opposite. Like everybody is rooting against your Masons and your Mitches because they want Kenny out there so bad. <laughs> there, there might be as many eight jerseys out here as there are 90 or 97 or 22 Easily. jerseys already. Easily. When have yes. you ever seen somebody other than Ben Roethlisberger get their name chanted at, you know, Akershire Stadium now. or the grounds formerly known as Heinz Field, you know, for, for, the, for the last 20 Before years? Before they even throw a regular season pass. Like, yeah, you know, you're, you're absolutely you're I mean, you're, you're you're absolutely right. I thought that was like I saw a lot of that this weekend on social media. And I'm like, what are you guys talking? Like, did you watch the game? Have you been out to Latrobe? But you also have to remember, man, sometimes people feel like they need negativity to feel something. So they create this. Yeah, they just want to get they just want to get steamed and, off about right. something. And they're like, I've seen people where they say, hey, man, I'm pissed off because the national media doesn't talk about the Steelers. Then I see them pissed off that the national media is talking about the Steelers. It's (laughs) like, okay, so you don't want them to talk about you guys or you do want them to talk about you guys. But certain people, they operate from a negative base. And that's why for me, I leave that energy over there so they could, you know, create whatever narrative they want. We know the truth. And that's why we get the opportunity to speak it on this platform. We'll continue to do so. But yeah, man, Kenny is, is... Far from being the guy that they he's don't. He's one of the. He's there. one of the top five yeah. most popular players on the team already. Easily, already, easily. Uh, and that and that doesn't happen very often with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like you said, rookie. that's it before he does anything. Franchises. Right. But that's before he does anything in a regular season game. He's this popular. He is already 
has that type of you know cachet with the with the fan base. I I completely agree. Um, and yeah, so a lot of pressure on Mitch in that regard, and you laid that out uh, very very well. And then you know we all know. Not everybody in this town, not everybody in Steeler Nation, but a lot of people don't like Mason Rudolph. As you mentioned, they have they have their preconceived notions uh, about him, or Man, not even I necessarily. I, couldn't, I, I didn't realize that on Saturday. I couldn't tell at all that yeah. people didn't Which, didn't mean, like Mason. What you mean? I thought they was cheering for him, just like in a different language. <laughs> oh yeah, is that what that was? Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I thought they they were they were giving him the Halloween cheers. The like, Halloween ooh, cheers. Yeah, yeah we love, ah. we love <laughs> yeah, Mason, obviously, in that regard, you know, he's he's not Kenny Pickett, obviously, to, to everyone in the city, to most people in the city. And, and I think even, you know, Mitch Trubisky is 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 more, um, you know, has more people Hello. in his corner. <laughs> but for him, like you said, he gets booed when he goes out there. I mean, has has the you know the fumble early on a lot of stuff. I that mean, people tried to place the fumble on him. him. Oh, he's holding the ball too long. Look at see, I, I knew everything I was yep. always bad happens with Mason. They were like, "Are you serious? Like, <laughs> what? How, how could he have done anything right there? How could any other quarterback in that situation have done anything? That's all." Yeah, no, and so yeah, all and then and then for for Kenny as well too, just the pressure of of, of living up to all those expectations and, and you know being the guy that everyone's there to see. Um, mm-hmm. That I think, uh, and that has you, his own set of expert. That's had his own absolutely. set of you know challenges with that. People will overlook that as well. Oh man, you're the fan favorite. That's easy. No, that could be just as hard. Sometimes yeah. even more hard because you have that extra pressure of not only do I have to live up to these expectations, I also don't want to let these fans down. They're paying their money. I'm seeing little kids out there with the Kenny Pickett on. You know, right? They, they have little eights painted on their face. You think you want to let those guys down? Those little kids down? Not at all. So you feel all of that. While still looking at your quarterback room saying, I got to compete with Mason, who just threw the throw of the night to George Pickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Trubisky, who came out here and led two really impressive 90 drives. yards well. in less than three yeah. minutes. <laughs> like, man, hey, Penny, we love you. Good luck. Like, that's a whole, that, like, when I think of all of those various things, man, that's what made Saturday night so fun to me, man, and why it was so impressive across the board with those three guys in particular. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like I said, I, I feel as good about the Steeler quarterback situation today. I felt as good about the Steeler QB situation Saturday night uh, as I have at any point throughout this process. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, it is the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. We'll close out the first hour with some more preseason observations. Motsi, we're getting a lot of tweets about one guy on the defense, and I'll tell you who that is on the other side. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. <laughs> Final segment here of the first hour of the Steelers Blitz. Just about 70 minutes away from the start of practice. The final week of practice here on the campus of St. Vincent College for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, August 18th uh, will be the last open practice here on campus. And then the Steelers will head to Jacksonville for preseason game number two on Friday. Uh, Motsi, we got some breaking news here real quick uh, as it relates to the Steelers. The Steelers just announced that they have signed uh, linebacker James Vauters, and they have waived uh, injured linebacker Tuzar Skippers. Vauters has played in 27 games, no starts, but has played in 27 games over his three years in the NFL. Uh, first two of those years with the Chicago Bears, last year with the Atlanta Falcons. He's registered 29 tackles, six QB hits, two and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, one forced fumble. 
He was a uh, undrafted free agent out of Stanford in 2015. Uh, also spent some time in and out of the league a few years ago with Green Bay, New England, and the Chargers. So Motsi, the Steelers, uh, continuing to turn over all the stones uh, to see what they could potentially have out there at the linebacker position. Yeah. Oh, man. And, um, I mean, obviously when you talk about Tazar Skipper, he has been the uh, training camp darling, you know, in years past. Um, we obviously brought him in, seeing if he could – you know, tap back into some of that magic, but it obviously did not happen with the injury. Um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, James Waters is able to bring to the table, though, because in my opinion, I don't think any of the outside linebackers that played on Saturday did a lot to separate themselves or give themselves a true leg up in the uh, outside linebacker three conversation. So for uh, for James, I mean, if he can come in here and pick the scheme up, have some success rushing the passer, but more importantly, um, when it's time to do some of the cover stuff, just look the part and be like, consistent. I mean, he'll have just as good opportunity as anybody else to make this roster as an outside linebacker right now. Yeah, certainly. And, and, and that's something that we'll talk about. You know what? Maybe let's let's jump right in to that here. Uh, we got tweets. Oh, Motsi, I want to make sure I don't miss everybody who tweeted us. Brian. I'm about to say, man, let's get it, baby. Get your tweet game on. Brian, Lieutenant Dan's legs, your boy. Uh, yes, indeed. Young Richie, Steeler Nation 920. Young uh, Richie, what it do? That's the four that I could definitely remember right here. It might There might have been another one or two of you, and I apologize if I didn't give you the name shout out there. But all those people, Motsi, tweeting us about the same thing, and that being uh, Devin Bush's performance on Saturday night. You know, a lot of people say he just looks missing in action out there. Uh, Lieutenant Dan's legs asks us if, if Vander Esch is still available. Uh, you know, young Richie says he's discouraged by how Devin Bush still looks the same. Uh, I, I know the tape is is what it is, and I I I can't you know I can't excuse that. I, I it wasn't great. It wasn't great, Arthur Motes. And that's the thing for me. You know, it's it's one thing. I know the tape is what it is. The tape it's is what it is. I mean, you are what your tape says you are, right? I mean, there's, Jeez, there's no way to Wes, why you got to talk? talk about it like that. Wes, you got to sugarcoat it sometimes. What's that? I'm trying to. No, this you is me sugarcoating it. <laughs> Man said, you know your tape is what your tape is. God damn. Motsi, I mean, it's, you're right. You're it's, right. It's, it's one thing if there's, you know, it's one thing if there's some struggles in the run game with some oh, physicality man. or maybe to create some splash, right? But he yeah. he just he he looked like he was out of place and and was taking a lot of the wrong reads on Saturday night, and that to me might might be more concerning than anything else. Am I wrong there? All right, all right. Let's let's hop Break into this down it, man. For I was me, wondering, former fifty-five, yeah. former linebacker. You're wondering. the professor now. You know, as I was watching this performance on Saturday, I was definitely wondering how long it would take before this came up on today's show. Sure, um, sure. To me, man, <clears throat> watching Devin's performance on Saturday, um, yeah, it was very disheartening because it was a lot of what we had seen in the past. Some of the things uh, that we've tried to justify by saying, hey, man, it's because he was, you know, 12 months removed from ACL. It was this much time frame removed from the ACL. Then it was, hey, man, he's still a young guy. He's missed a lot of football. The next excuse was, well, hey, man, he has a new guy he's playing next to. Then it was, you know, <laughs> coach, uh, his coach's wife passed away. So it was a ton of different uh, variables that we would always include when we're talking about Devin. But the one constant throughout all of that was the lack of productivity and the lack of aggression. 
And watching him on Saturday night, it was a lot of the similar things. You ask yourself when you're watching him play, did he look like a guy who was competing for his NFL life? Did he look like a guy who was playing to prove that, hey, you didn't pick up my fifth-year option, but I'm still worth a contract extension? Did he look like a guy who was trying to definitively show that he's a better player than Robert Spillane? In my perspective, the answer to all those questions was no. He did not. He came out there, and it just looked like he was going through the motions. The one play that I know has been circulated on social media was uh, it was a long run where he's in the hole unblocked, and he has a chance to make the tackle, and he hesitates. That is, you know, one of those things when you're talking about the excitement, the X's and O's. Well, technically, he did his part right by flashing to the A-gap. He stayed square. But we don't want you to be a robot. I don't care if you flash there when this ball carrier is bubbling out the backside and you're the only guy to make the play. (laughs) Don't talk to me about this DN. Go make the play. And that's the part where you could just see him hesitating to shoot his gun in the football sense, right? Because when we're talking about as a defender, we know offensive running backs, receivers, tight ends, they're typically better athletes. They have better feet. So instead of allowing those guys to lead the dance, you go ahead and force the action. You make him have to react to you versus you waiting and reacting off of him. And to me, when we watch Devin, it's a lot of him always waiting. He's never leading the dance. He's never forcing the action. He's always reacting to it. And it's unfortunate that now he just seems to not even have that hair on fire chase anymore that we at least saw his rookie season. So when we're talking about Devin, the urgency has to get there before we can get to anything else. When I'm watching him and I don't see that urgency play in and play out, it's hard to it's hard to coach the technique. It's hard to coach an assignment when I don't even know if you actually want to make the play. Right. And until we can get past that part of the conversation, how can we even go to talking pad level, coming out of your uh, your stance a little bit better, being more aggressive and downhill like a Miles Jack? You look at the play where Miles Jack gets to tackle for a loss. It wasn't a perfect play by Miles, but what did he do? He said, man, I'm going to get this ball downhill, sidesteps the guy. Typically, you wanted to put hat and hands on the guy. But when you're going to make a play, I do not care. Just make the play. And that's what he did. But you look on that exact same play, you look at the tempo, you look at the effort and the energy of a Devin Bush, and it just doesn't match what we see from Miles Jack. Nor does it match even what we see from Robert Spillane, even though Spillane wasn't uh, a top-notch performer in this game by no stretch of the imagination, but you could still see the desire in his play to make plays. Whereas when we looked at Devin on Saturday, we just couldn't consistently say that, and that's the part where I want to see from him, how does he respond to that? Brian Flores is here for a reason. How do you respond to this first, you know, test? This is his, in terms of Brian Flores and Devin Bush, it's the first adversity they're going to face this season. How do you motivate him today to correct the things that we saw on Saturday. How do you talk to him today to ultimately motivate him to be his best self today and have a better performance on next Saturday? That's what's going to be the interesting part with Brian Flores, but this is why we have him here. This is what he does. So that's going to be an interesting part to me to just see how does Devin and Coach Flores respond to this type of adversity that they're facing right now. No, you're absolutely right. That is the the important part of all this. We could all sit here and, and argue back and forth all day about Devin Bush, but the reality is, I mean, I, unless you know, 
and, unless something crazy happens, he's not going any. He's not going anywhere this year. He's did you say? Not. Did you say Omar contract for Roquan Smith? Is that what you just said? What'd oh yeah, say? I heard he was going to get him for a seventh uh, round draft pick and a team friendly. No, 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 no. He's getting him on a conditional undrafted free agent pick. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you know Roquan was going to take a nice team friendly deal to to uh, hometown know, discount because he's the whole he's reason he wants on, the whole man. reason he wants yeah. out of Chicago is because they're 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 dissing him with the contract offer. But yeah, yeah it's man. not you know I mean highest paid defense in the NFL already for the Steelers. I, I mean. Sure who wouldn't want to take less to come here, though? You know that. <laughs> People will take less to come here. Um, you, you, you have to get something out of Devin Bush this year, man. Like, that is the biggest thing. I think you're right because he's not going anywhere, and we're all stoked on Miles Jack, and I think even more so about Saturday night. Um, but you, you, you need Devin Bush to contribute this year. That, that group, we're, we're going to be talking about depth and issues at, at that position all year, I think, if, if you don't at least get something out of 55. Yeah, that's that's the sincerity of it, man, and that's the severity of it. But I don't think that this team is looking at this as they don't have another option. With Robert Spillane, I know when I went back and looked at the tape, on the plays where you saw him chasing a receiver, that was not his man. It was a blown coverage, and that's what it was 100%. But once again, he had the effort to go over there and close and then ultimately try to push the guy out of bounds. Sure. I know people give him the bad rap on that, which – always happens when we're talking about blown assignments and you're the guy with the effort. Whoever is the guy that's closest in the screen, <laughs> right. they all point to him and say it's him. And because it's Philane, they're like, oh, we knew he couldn't cover. And it's like, no, that is not accurate. And honestly, it was such a blown coverage. I couldn't even tell you who it was on, whether it was the outside linebacker or the safety, because they were playing two totally different coverages based on what the design of the defense was, being a person that's you know familiar with what they run and stuff like that. But when I looked at Robert Swain, I still thought that he played well against the run. I thought that when he had his assignments the way they were supposed to be, um, from a passing perspective, he was in the right place and the right position. Robert Swain isn't a guy that you can have improvising on defense. But when he knows his assignment, when he's matched up and he's able to play fast, he's able to do enough that you can start this guy and feel comfortable with him. And I don't think is going to be this long, drawn-out process of Devin being able to keep playing like how he played on Saturday and not expect them to make that switch because we already saw them flirt with it last season. We've already seen them flirting with it this season with them rotating those guys. Right. Do not be surprised if Devin keeps playing like how he's playing that that turns into Robert Spillane starting next to Miles Jack. I think that there is uh, a distinct possibility that we could see that at some point in the near future. One hour in the books, another hour to go. We'll get to more of your tweets in the second hour. Uh, Motsi, got to give a shout-out to Katie, by the way, who's one of our shout loyal, out to Katie. One of our yes, loyal listeners. She tweets the show pretty regularly. If you're if you're a regular listener, you'll, you'll remember hearing Katie's name on the tweets. Uh, she is here. She drove five and a half hours here from Cooperstown, New York. Let's go. Um, and so had to give a shout-out to Katie. She came over and said hello. Always good to, uh, to meet some listeners. We're – here for about another hour or so leading up to practice. We also, Motsi, at 1.40 for our final segment of the show today, will be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the two-time Super Bowl champion Jeff Reed to close out the program. Let's go. Today. So plenty to get to in the second hour of the show. You know where to get at us if you want to get involved. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.